On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're going to take a look at Psalm 2, which was written by King David. And and as far as context goes, you'll probably think about some of the warlike events that happened during David's reign over Israel. But most importantly, you'll also be reminded of the one true king, Jesus Christ. The psalm is actually divided into four stanzas with three verses each for a total of 12. And you'll notice several themes like these, the hostility of man toward God and his anointed and appointed one, how God's will, his purposes and will will be done and will ultimately be fulfilled through Jesus, how those who resist God place themselves in danger, yet how those who adore, revere, and serve this king will actually be blessed. The last line in this psalm is my favorite, and it says this, kiss the sun, and that's S-O-N, capital S-O-N, kiss the sun, that he may not be angry and you perish on the way, for his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, a little more about the context, about that notion of kissing. It's so curious to me, but, and you can, can you remember times like when, like if you were, were to walk up to royalty, you, I guess you might extend your hand at a certain point, or maybe they would kiss your hand. Am I just imagining that? Or maybe I saw it in the movies. I don't know. But from Barnes notes on the Bible, we learned these few things. The word kiss is used in accordance with oriental usages, for it was in this way that respect was in indicated for one of superior rank. And this was the ancient mode of doing homage. Is it homage? You pay homage. Homage or allegiance to a king. Also, the mode of rendering homage to a king by a kiss was sometimes to kiss his hand or his dress or even his feet as among the Persians, I guess the Persians did that. And then this practice of kissing the hand of a monarch is not uncommon in European courts as a token of allegiance. The meaning here is that they should express their allegiance to the son of God. All right, now pulling it back into the Psalm here, or recognize him as the authorized king with suitable expressions of submission and allegiance that they should receive him as king and submit to his reign. Applied to others, it means they should embrace him as their capital S savior. So that's a quote from that particular commentary. I thought I would have just a little bit of fun today, and I'm actually going to read um, a blog post that I wrote. And I wrote this particular blog post after um, I, I returned from Spain. And this was in the summer of 2019. I, I spent about five weeks over in in Spain. And you know, Spain had been on my bucket list. It may even be on your bucket list. It's such a beautiful, beautiful country. It was on my bucket list because I teach Spanish. And in grad school, I learned everything Spanish from the literature and the history and the people and the customs and the food and all of that. So I finally, finally, God blessed me and I was able to go there 
on my own and stay there. I did some professional development while I was there. I even took some classes. I practiced with my ESL, teaching others and practicing with others speaking English. And then I just traveled around a little bit and I was determined to try every single food. Well, you can actually read the blog if you'd like. It's over on the blog post and it was posted in, let me see, I think it was in June of 20, no, it couldn't have been June. It was, I'm sorry, September the 16th of 2019. It's called The King of Hearts, capital T-H-E, Reflections on Spain and it's part five. So I have actually a ton of of information there. I did several posts about Spain, especially if you're going to visit there, you might really enjoy going through those. And I've got like, oh, I don't know, 2.5 billion photographs. So I, I just had so much fun. I always do a like a theme when I travel. And when I went to Spain, my theme was doors. And I wanted to get cast iron doors or those old historic wooden doors and which are just humongous. And so I have, I even have a lot of the doors that I photographed while, while I was there. So, okay. If you haven't gone to the blog, I post every Thursday over there for sure. And listen, before I forget, would you please click the subscribe button on the YouTube if you're watching here on this channel and ring that notification bell so that, that you'll notice and you'll be alerted whenever we have any new content that we're putting on to the channel. Also, if you could leave a comment, I've heard that that really helps with the YouTube algorithm. So please do that. I would really, really appreciate that. And that would keep us spreading the good news on this plot platform. And of course, if you're listening on audio, on the podcast itself, again, please rate, write a review and subscribe. I couldn't tell you how much that would really, really mean to us. Okay, so here is the blog post. And it goes like this, and I'm reading. I gasped in awe, positively spellbound, stuck in my tracks. For a brief moment, I closed my eyes, breathed deeply of the antiquity that surrounded me. I felt the weight of silence close down upon me. And I thought, is this real? This moment of awestruck wonder occurred in the Royal Palace throne room. I was positively giddy. I've been in a few ancient buildings, but standing in the King of Spain's throne room arrested my heart big time. And by the way, this is a side note, Spain is a parliamentary monarchy, so they still have a king. You probably already know that. Well, Okay, back to the blog post. Indeed, the palace itself took my breath away. It houses over 3,000 rooms, including a stunning area of the basement that displays armory and weapons dating back to the 1200s. From the decorative walls and ceilings of the palace, the various art collections and artifacts, the nooks and crannies, the untold doors, and its sheer size alone of the palace. This royal palace is nothing short of spectacular in every historical sense. While I stood in that throne room of the royal palace in Madrid, Spain, I kept thinking over and over in a spiritual sense. I have access to the very throne room of the king of all 
kings. And this is an amazing truth. This royal standing boasts royal privileges that have been passed down from generation to generation. And I asked myself, I was in Victoria, do you take advantage of these honors? Do you really know what this means? Kind of like, are you aware what being a Christian really means? Do you remember how reluctant God was to give his people a real life king? Do you remember that story? And, you know, the human heart craves, and unfortunately, for most of us, practically any quote, these are air quotes, any quote, king will do. We all crave that, don't we? We all may have idols there. And I have a confession. Keeping God seated on the throne of my heart is a tug of war battle for me. If I'm not careful, I find myself bending my knee to idols such as selfishness, pride, and fear. And boy, do I pay them allegiance and attention. They are in near constant battle to take their seat and they beckon me to come near and bow down. I lose sight of the fact that I have royal blood flowing through my spiritual veins. It is not uncommon for me to make a plan, a very good plan, and then to execute it. I don't even ask God what he thinks sometimes. My own morality occasionally may sit on the throne. I do what I think is right. Do you expect God to do great things for you because of the great things you have done for him? You know, we are the ones who are indebted to God. And this again would be quote indebted to God. It's not like we can somehow, um, you know, pay off anything, right? We can't work it all out. We can't do it all on our own. That's not really what I'm saying. Other than he made the ultimate sacrifice on your behalf and on mine. He was a king. Yes, he was. But guess what? He came as a lamb. Think about that. It says this in Revelation 7, 17, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Basically, God's enduring and eternal throne is associated with justice, righteousness, judgment, love, faithfulness, sovereign power, dignity, majesty, glory, and victory. And around this throne is where I want to operate and do my life's business. I want to make my daily decisions right there, to get advice there, and to pour out my concerns there. Let's take the biblical example of Esther. How did she approach her king? Do you remember that story? She did this. She fell at his feet, weeping, and she had three desires. One, to please the king. Two, to find his favor. And three, to do what he thought was right. There are these actually are the very privileges that we have Christians before the throne of God. We seek his faith, his face, we bow in his presence, and we demonstrate that he indeed is on the throat of our hearts and minds as we seek his counsel for how to go about our daily business. Now, we already have his favor. We know that for sure. Here's another quote for you. And this is coming from Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's an amazing thought to realize that you and I, Christian, you and I have direct instant access to our create, creator. We, we don't have to wait to be admitted to see him. When I was in the royal palace, 
I had to wait. I had to wait in line. Well, we don't have to wait in line to get to his throne. We don't have to be handed a scepter like Esther did in order to speak to him. There's no camera on us. Nobody's watching us like, ooh, there aren't any guards around, some security guard impending our path or watching our every move. We only need to step toward him. We don't have to pay, right? We don't have to pay. The debt that we had was paid in full. We don't have to pay to get to see him. We don't have to work ourselves silly to try to gain his favor. We really don't. It's there for us. We simply draw near to him. We confess our transgressions, asking for his mercy and grace. And he, our royal heavenly father, extends to us his great love. Indeed, he already has. This love flows directly from his heart and it's living water to our very soul and our very being. We will find that he's pleased with us all right. He favors us already. He will guide us in every direction and every decision that we make. And it says this also in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So brain changer, is God the king of your heart? And if he is, does your life bear witness to your royal lineage? In other words, what does it mean to you that you have a royal heritage? And how does it make a difference in the day-to-day -day of it in your life? You serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And doesn't that kind of make you giddy also? You know, going back to my first experience standing in that palace, it was so overwhelming to me. And we, we lose sight of that a little bit in the United States anyway, because we, we don't have a king that we serve here as far as the, our political system and the way our country is managed. So we may not have a sense of that splendor and just the reverence that, that goes with all of that. And to think that we do have a king as Christians, we have a Lord. And yet it's so easy for us to approach him and to get to him. That is just amazing to me. I mean, I was awestruck just being in that palace in Madrid. As a Christian, I, I do have a king and I can approach him at any time. And give him the quote kiss, right? I can kiss the sun. That's just how close I can get to him. And the point of all of this is that you and I already have a relationship with the king. We are his sons and daughters. We have special privileges. He is our majestic and powerful king and our loving tender father. We too are royal in that sense. And do we carry ourselves that, that way? That's the question. Are we aware of our high social and spiritual standing? Well, let me go ahead and read the psalm for you. And this is Psalm 2 of the NASB version. Why are the nations restless and the peoples plotting in vain? The kings of earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. 
then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have fathered you. Ask it of me and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now then, you kings, use insight. Let yourselves be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son that he may not be angry and you perish on the way for his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. And there you have it, brain changer. I hope you put a little bit of, this will put a little bit of a bounce in your step and a smile on your face because you serve a king who is just a prayer away. And now let's pray. Father and King, thank you so much that you are accessible to me and that you are accessible to every viewer, every listener of this podcast. Father, what a privilege that is. What an honor that is that we only have to call out. We can call out Abba Father, like Daddy Father, and you're right there, though you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you for your great sacrifice for us. Thank you for giving us your favor. Thank you for your hand resting upon us, your favor being bestowed upon us and establishing the work of our hands. Thank you for giving us a voice in order to express our great adoration and devotion to you. Father, may we be vessels in your kingdom May we be kingdom influencers. May we go out and tell all the nations about your good work. And may we brag on you and boast on you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, we do serve you and we love you. May it be so in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to share this episode link if you like or pass it to a friend or subscribe, rate, write a review on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate you so much. Much love to you. God bless. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.